neighbor from the north. What is <laughs> up, man? I'm, uh, I'm super stoked. We just connected like a week ago, actually. And uh, you, reach, you reached out to, I follow you, you reached out to me and I was like, this is so cool. And one of the things I want to get to, I'm just going to put it out there right now, is you have um, this idea of social media is supposed to be, so, supposed to be social and you live <laughs> So at some point, I want to get there, um, but we'll start with uh, just the idea of who you are, introduce yourself, let us learn about you, um, and let's go from there. Fantastic. I love that you picked that up. <laughs> I think that's, that's it. That's really been everything for me um, the last little while. So yeah, I, I'm loving to get into that, the social media, at, the social media aspect. Um, that'll be great. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, what I'm doing right now, I'm a speaker coach and focus on storytelling. And so any kind of communication, um, I mean, we're all communicators, but specifically people, you know, entrepreneurs really trying to show up uh, to their audience, specifically solopreneurs, coaches, uh, fitness pros, anybody that's trying to like do a thing on their own and show up for their audience online. That's really who I'm specializing with and working with right now, helping you really clarify what are you doing and where does that come from? And so that's where the story aspect comes from. Everything I do draws back to story. Um, and I think that just goes all the way back to who I am, like who I was growing up. My mom was an actress. My dad was a photographer. So oh, I like to think, you know, my mom told the story on stage and my dad told story through his camera. Yeah, and the art of expression. Absolutely. And, th and then I, we, we see now me and my brother as we grew up, like I, I took on that performance aspect and my brother is a screenwriter. And so we, we definitely bring that forward and, and, and still tell stories both in our own kind of unique ways. It's very cool. um, yeah. And so then, I mean, I just knew all along, right. That growing up, I was going to be that I was going to be a performer in some way. I just didn't know how, when, where, what I knew. I figured acting, I was going to follow my mom's footsteps or something. Mm -hmm. And when an Oscar, by the time I was 21, like that was my goal. That was my high school dream, right? I like, love it, dude. this is it. So I'm like, I'm not going to college. Are you kidding me? I got an audition for call. No way. I'm just going to go downtown Toronto and like get my headshots, get a, get an agent and make this happen. And it didn't. So <laughs> I that's think that's <laughs> for, for better or for worse. Right. I know. Right. So then I took this like wild left turn and went into youth ministry and became a, a pastor and like went to school for that. And then was in that for like the last 12 years. But, but in that, I found all kinds of opportunities to continue to perform, to, to speak in front of a crowd weekly, you know, crowd of whether they were 12 years old or 22 years old or 42 years old. I had all these weekly opportunities over 12 years to continue to speak and really cut my teeth kind of in that, um, to try everything. Cause you've got this audience that like already knows you and loves you. And so you can try anything with them <laughs> as long as you're okay to fail. Uh, and deal with whatever consequences there may have been and um, and really testing kind of what sticks and what works with any given audience at any given time when you're telling any given story. And, and I think that was it. As I just realized again and again, the thing that that connected most with anybody, wherever they're at, was telling a good story. And and I mean, we can oversimplify that. But I think that there's, there's real aspects to how to captivate an audience and why it works and then what the actual story looks like and how to do it. That, that, that's where I've just come alive in these past few years. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of the long and short of it as, as we get through 
how that journey happened. There was one specific moment where I, I remember everything really became serious for me when um, it was about eight years ago, I guess. My mom, so my mom, right? I followed in her footsteps. She's the actress. She's the entertainer. And, uh, and she got really sick really fast and, and over, I mean, went into hospital, was diagnosed with stage four stomach cancer. And within five weeks, I had to say my goodbyes, have all my, all those conversations. Right. Yeah. Um, Wow. Like, like you think about that. What, what do you, what do you say to someone a, when you know that they're not coming, coming out of the hospital, what conversations do you have? Do you talk about you know, Toronto Raptors? No, <laughs> not really. Like, I mean, maybe to bring a smile, but not like y- you want to get more serious. And so um, I was just really intentional to, to be, to get those contests, ask the things that I always wanted to ask. And I'm thankful for the opportunity to, to, to do that with her. Cause I know a lot of people don't get that. Um, and so I asked her specifically though, like, what was it that you enjoyed most about being an entertainer, an, an actress? And in like her kind of broken, straining talk, she was like, you know, it was the opportunity to give people a gift that I can make them smile, but I know that they're going to take this beyond the theater and it could actually change their life and how they feel about tomorrow because of what we do in the theater tonight. I was like, holy crap. Like it's about so much more. So then I'm like, okay, so me as a speaker, then as a communicator, like what you're doing so much more than just focusing on the moment and creating a moment in the, in that space. But you have an opportunity to, to do something here that to create a moment that forms a story that can shape our world. And, and if you, if you focus on that, on doing something that, that connects with the person, the, the mind, the body, the soul of the person in the room, then they're going to take that with them. And, and change their world in a way that you never could because their reach goes far beyond that. And so that's why I do what I do now because it's, it's about so much more than just this moment. But what can I do even in this, right? Talking with you, how can we do something here that goes far beyond just this, this conversation? Yeah, well, uh, I feel like I always enjoy when I, talk, I get to have the opportunity to talk to people that when they say something, I know it's profound. I can feel the depth of what they're saying. There's, there's something in there that's turning over, but I don't always know what it is. <laughs> like, it's, it's like this like paradox where you're like, I love it. And I'm like, Oh, what is it's like something inside turning, but I think that's a good thing. I don't, that's what you you got that going on right now. Well, uh, so, okay. So let's, can we dive into that? Like what, um, dude, what connected, yes. what just lit, like what made you even just the, feel a little shiver or something like what, there was something about the way you were talking, you're, you're quoting your mom and how she's saying about the gift that we give to others, essentially. Mm-hmm. And it was like a, a want. There, there was an emotion. I mean, I'm not sure if I can, I don't know if I have the word yet for it. Yeah. It was evoked about what it must feel like to be that, that passionate to feel that in her end where she has, when she's there, she's in a flow, I guess is what people would say right now, where you, she's communicating to you what it was for her to express from her soul. Yeah. And I think inside of me, as much as I'm fascinated by it, the other side of it is how do I get that? (laughs) What is is my, what is my, like, what is that thing? 
Mm -hmm. you know, or how do you become comfortable with that thing and going, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. And I think that's what was, that's what was so beautiful about even like, even I, I came at it on a surface level, you know, what did you like most about being an entertainer? I even tried, I thought I was being profound by calling it an entertainer instead of an actor. Like I was like, oh, here's a good, and she's like, oh, I mean, she's British. She's like, oh, darling, let me take, let me take you deeper, shall we? Like, <laughs> just so, so she kind started, of proper. She sounds amazing. <laughs> uh, I mean, she really was. I mean, just such a magical woman. So, um, but I think that's it is, is you gain that ability when you're open to it, you start looking for, yeah, like what is that? that thing that's deeper than than what i do and and even that i was asking what was it and she went to the why the why she does it and then her why you know me asking her that at 20 28 years old then helped me develop really become clear on my why why i do this and all these years i was just showing up just doing it having fun with it as I said, testing out whatever I could do, like any, any opportunity, I was just having a blast and, and seeing it change people's lives, but not really knowing why or what. And then to define that, I think what's stirring inside you is the thing that's stirring inside all of us, which is, yeah, what, like, how can I really be so clear on my why that I, I get to the end of my life. I forget about the end of my life. I get to tomorrow. I get to Tuesday. And I'm like, this, this is making a difference. Like this is worth it. This is everything. And I think that's what we're looking for. So yeah, it's no, it's no surprise that that's stirring within you because yeah. I, I think that that's, that's a, a, we find solidarity in that. What was the, what was the experience like, or what, what was first the tipping point for you of where, where you went, aha, I know exactly what it is, or you know how to label it. Um, but what was that experience like? Because I'm, I'm, I mean, I would, I feel like I have, I have to imagine that changing course from being a pastor to entrepreneur, and mm. you know, if we can just put it as simple terms there, yeah, it's gotta be something that's pretty difficult to do in terms, maybe in your own right, own fears, own yeah. judgment, but then in other people going, what are you doing? Yeah. You know? Yeah, man, you're tapping into something here. And I think that this is, this is probably the part of my story of all the story that I've told so far. This is, um, this is a part that was required the most inner work. And so, you know, I, I, how much you like mindset and really diving in and really getting clear on the way that you think about yourself. Um, yeah, this is, this is really playing with like the tapes that were playing in my head, like the lies that I was hearing that were holding me back from really moving forward to do what I do now. Um, so it was about, I think it's five and a half, five years ago that, uh, yeah, my wife and I were like, okay, it's time to leave this place. So I worked in the same church as a church my wife grew up in since she was two years old. Um, I came in kind of as a teenager and then that was the only place that I knew and the only kind of family, like these people become family. And, and it's, again, they trusted me with all these, with their children and with their, like, you know, with their thoughts and how can I teach them? It's just so much rooted in that. And yet, I was going through my own changes, my own sort of growth spiritually, um, uh, emotionally. I, it was right around when my mom was just after she died. And I'm like, what is, what is all this? Like the simple answers don't cut it anymore. Right. You know? 
Um, how, how old so, were you? How old are you when this was going on? Yeah. So, so my mom died when I was 28. Um, and then this been about, yeah, 30, 31. Interesting. Right. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. So to you're, you. I know. No, this is like, you're, <laughs> I see what's going on. You're like, okay. Oh yeah. Following a timeline of like, sort of shift into a second career or, or first real career, whatever's going on there. Um, I mean, I started to read, uh, uh, one of the most influential books that I've read was, um, it's called falling upward by Richard Rohr. And he talks about the second half of life and that basically, you know, when you're young into your twenties and into your thirties, you're really just on this like exploration mode. Who am I? Where can I do? What can I do? How do I show up to the world? And, you know, really just, Hey, hello, what's up? Like, here I am. And then it can be led by a major event in your life or something. You start to then move into the next stage, the next sort of phase where it becomes, okay, wait, how can I use what I've learned now to help others? And it's less about me just going up and making my mark and more about how do I expand this reach? So it's no, like, I'm like, yeah, I'm falling right into, you know, his path. Like, ah, how do you know me so well, Richard? Yeah, dude, um, it's, uh, <laughs> that's fascinating. Oh my God, that's freaking fascinating. Um, and so for me, and, and this is for your listeners, maybe, you know, there's a lot of listeners that have kind of grown up in some sort of faith structure and then felt like they didn't belong anymore. And that was, that was where I was at, except after working in that place for defining my career by that for a long time and shifting out of that thinking, how do I, what language do I use? How do I speak in this way? What do I really believe now? Um, I feel like I don't fit in that box anymore. So how do I do what I, what I love to do to perform, to teach, to speak, if it's not in this space. And man, I mean, my wife is phenomenal and just said, yeah, I mean, we got to do this. We got to move. And, and I think the thing that we, we always say along the way is just, we just wait for when we know it's right, it's right. There's no other way to, I don't know what else there is, except we talk about it all along. We talk about it for years, whatever move that the move is going to be, we talk about it. And then at some point it's right. And, and it was right. And so we left that place with no job on the other end. Um, and people kept asking, where are you going? What's going on from here? You're leaving us. You must be going somewhere. And I was like, nope. Like, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, <laughs> staying in town. Just leaving. Uh, <laughs> yep. Just not right. Because you don't want to, again, you don't want to rock the boat. You want to be like, well, actually, I'm not sure that I really adhere to all this theology anymore. Uh, that that that, you, that you've been helping build in this church for so long, like, and when you, when it shifts like that, you're faced with all again all of these things. Like, oh, am I going to lose influence? When you shift, you look back at the people that you've influenced. You look back at the 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 relationships you build, and you're at least for me, my biggest fears weren't necessarily like what's the next step. It was if I'm honest about where I'm at and what my next step is what will people think of me? Like, will I lose influence? Will I lose respect? Um, so that's, that's been the journey that I've been on. And it's been a really fascinating five years of doing some wild inner work, trying new jobs, really pushing it and going like, okay, well, I'll try working in another church. Nope, that's not it. I'll try working at it like a, you know, nonprofit organization, still speaking to teenagers. Nope, that's not it. Um, and then eventually his last January, I was like, you know what? 
I need to be my own boss and I need to figure out what this is and I need to do what I'm doing in the most open and authentic and real way without any kind of rules, regulations, whatever that is holding me back or keeping me in a box. Um, and it's, it has not been easy, but it's, I speak to you now as somebody who's like, I'm more clear now than I ever have been, but this is like fresh. Wow. So Damn, I, I'm trying to sit with that for a minute because there's uh, so much, there's so much resonating with me as Brian right now in mm-hmm. your story. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly in just like the shift part, you know, where yeah. like you may just from the shift part, but you also said something about um, living your life on the pa- under a faith structure and then mm-hmm. I think you said something along the lines of don't, don't belong in that maybe arena anymore. And I thought yeah. of a young, young man that, um, very young man that I know right now that is kind of going through that. And, yeah. uh, man, there's a lot of, again, kind of working with teenagers. And then, uh, for the last couple of years, I've really put a lot of effort into studying, uh, generation Z where they're at. And so this is like 23 eight to 23 years old sure. really. And, and how they're different, how they're shaping the world and being shaped by the world. And, um, there's a lot of that story, you know, 18 year old, 17, 18 year olds coming up, kind of growing up in a, uh, you know, a, a faith-based home, whatever faith that may be. And then they move out and they move away from that. And, and you have parents left going, what is going on? Yeah. Where do they go? Where did I go wrong? Uh, and then it actually sort of separates the family. And, and if I could, you know, give any hope and any kind of encouragement, it's on the parents end, um, be patient and show love. That's all that matters that whatever they say, they believe it's not as important as them showing up for dinner and knowing that they're welcomed. Um, however they have shifted. And then for the, you know, the 18 year old, 19 year old, it's like, be patient (laughs) and, and show love. It's, it's the same thing. You need to be patient with yourself and your exploration and not think that just because a new idea has come to mind that it is the all ending idea, but also, yeah, you might be shifting from what you grew up in. And this might be a time when you are still looking for your identity. You're looking for where you belong and what your impact is in this world. And um, it's best to do that within a safe environment. So how can you, again, I would want to draw families back together to have those conversations as real and open and honest and authentic as possible instead of separating them and feel like something has happened that has now made us, made it impossible for us to communicate. Yeah. Man, that's that, that, like, that hurts my, that hurts my heart. Dude, it's, it's, (laughs) um, it is, I'm, I'm one of the very fortunate ones that, every family dynamic has its dysfunction. And I think that's what makes families so amazing. Um, yeah, but I come from a family of, of absolute love and support and, and I never have to wonder if I'm loved or not, uh, from mm-hmm. my family, you know, and inside of that causes its own problems too. Right. Like, yeah. all, like, oh, I can I do anything I want. Yeah. yeah everything's <laughs> too safe, you know, where you're like, Oh shit. Um, but I mean, good problem to have for me, but I, I do right. know so many, um, so many 
people close to me that did not grow up with that and mm -hmm. just how how much maybe I take for granted at times, but just how lucky I am as well uh, for, yeah. for like what that means. And I, I'm always like, how can you not look at your family as everything? And how can your family not look at you as everything, even when mad, even when confused or frustrated? It's a very difficult thing for me to look at. But, um, you know, obviously you being up in Canada, I'm sure the problems span the border, um, you know, not having the families intact or oh, yeah. in, in so in so many different ways there's so many variables to that but so many families not intact and what what does that really what message does that send to each individual from that from yeah. so many perspectives too it's it's really frightening um in certain ways what we've created but um it's, it's interesting like just even as you talk about that like that's your story that you get to tell about your experience and and how that has shaped you now is different than somebody else in your same situation right there's other people doing the same work that you do and yet they don't have that story so that's what sets you apart and the way that you view family is going to be different than somebody who broke or grew up with some sort of broken family and so you're going to now approach your job in different ways simply because of that and that to me is where that fam that story, sorry, that you, you grow up with, that you live through, um, it really is something to be embraced and, and to be understood and, and wildly aware of. Um, and the more that you are, you really understand why certain people are going to, to work with you, to be attracted to you over other people who that are going to go and work with somebody else. And then you know exactly who you want to be attracted to because, because again, you understand what you're coming from. Yeah. Wow. I haven't thought, I, I mean, maybe I've thought about it, but not to any level of depth. Um, a lot of times I'm thinking about the world externally and I mean, I, I try to think about things very internally, but the world externally, I'm like, man, how do we solve these problems? That, mm -hmm. you know, we continue to hear about all of the problems and, and it's just that all problems. You're like, what's the solution? Like, what are we doing? It's not, it's all these like big, big things. You're like, we got to dig really deep into these micro levels and understand yeah. what's really happening. But uh, we are the solution. Like, what is the solution? <laughs> it's us it's there we go podcast over <laughs> i i just i can't like it's it's like you've got something you need to bring we're all having a big barbecue that's what's happening right now and you have something that you're expected to bring to the table to to bring to the meal and if you don't bring what you've got the meal isn't as good and we're gonna find feel like there's problems people are gonna be hungry and all kinds of stuff. So just bring what you've got, bring what you know you're good at to the, bring your pasta salad because you're the one who kills it at that passes. I don't know, whatever you've got. Yeah. Wow. That's, I love, well, first of all, I love BBQ. So uh, that works for me, <laughs> but it, dude, that's, it's such a simple way of putting it and to understand uh, maybe ways to understand who you want to be and what you want to bring to the world and the impact mm -hmm. you want to deliver. But um, well, let's try and let's try and dive into that then because in, in telling your story, um, and I'm sure you will be able to put on a clinic here, but you've, I've, I've seen you talk about superpowers and finding them in relating to your story. 
um, the big versus small story, you know, the big mountain, small mountain. Um, where, where do people, where do you suggest you would start with that? So I'm coming at this from selfishly my point where my shift is not necessarily happening and like I'm going from, you know, I'm a pastor and I'm, I'm going into entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. I'm pseudo entrepreneur and strength conditioning, personal training uh, arena. I love, I've, I've been associated with science, anatomy, uh, weightlifting, all these things, sports for most of my life, but specifically my 20s and now into my 30s. Nutrition's been a big part of it, but recently I'm like, I, I've taken a real liking to it. But the underlying thing for me has always been, I love the way people think and trying to understand it. When I watch sports, I've got friends, we watch hockey. I played hockey in the college, so I'm not an idiot with it. Not the grace, but I'm not an idiot. And they're talking about certain things. And I'm like, that's what you're thinking about? I'm thinking about what level of focus these guys are going to, to be able to put on the performance, to get through the pain they're in, to, fo- to be able to produce the product they're producing for us to watch right now at a level that's in, in co- uh, we can't comprehend. <laughs> yeah. And you're talking about the X's and O's, which I'm fascinated by. I don't pick it up the same way though. And I'm yeah. always stuck in like the mindset. And part of it is I've always, I've struggled with anxiety, depression, suicide in my life. Um, in which is really frustrating because I come from that really loving, supportive family where we didn't hear no very often, you know, in terms of we want this, all these things. Yeah. But I've always been fascinated with the mindset. So my shift is kind of like, how do I keep strength, conditioning, nutrition as part of me? But really, how do I get into mental performance and diving into people's minds and helping them, which really means helping myself climb to the next rung of the ladder and just continue to go up to what I feel is a better version of myself. It's not that like, mm-hmm. oh, you've got to be perfect. Nope. It's just how do I continue to improve and develop impact and feel good about myself? All these things. Uh, so for me, my shift is maybe same, but semi different because it's just, it's not all that drastic because it all comes together, but really getting, finding that being okay with that being what I do, I think is part of it where you have this identity. I I lost hockey from injury. So it was like, okay, well there goes my identity, but I stayed around the gym. I love that stuff. I love connecting with people and that's where the mindset comes in. So my shift, I feel is a little bit different, but I'm sure in, in, you know, they're all the same at some point you've got, parts that you have to put together um but you know i was just watching yes last night your superpowers video and the origin of stories and movies and all these things and i was like holy smokes you are calling out the obvious of what what you're doing but most people don't think about yeah you know i don't think of movies (laughs) like oh there's the origin oh there's there's who i was Uh here's what happened here's me now i i don't i just watch Right. So it's fascinating when that happens. So I don't even know what my question is, but talk, enlighten me, us, whoever's good about, about <laughs> formulating the story and allowing us to go back and do that work and, and create the book, create the movie. Yeah. Well, this is, I, I love, I love all of that, man. You just, I mean, you just gave me your story. Uh-huh. Like I, this is, this is what I hear. Like, I don't even know if you know how, even linear, you made that. But this is this is what I find with people is you say like, where did you come from? Or they just start telling, you know, this is what this is what it is. And you actually are telling a fairly linear story in a with a good arc in it, you just don't know, you feel like you're just throwing stuff out there. 
exactly you're actually like. doing it in the way that you've been taught to do it by all the movies that you've ever seen, all the good movies anyways. Um, and that's, I, let me just talk about that, that movie part. Yeah. The movies that you don't like, the movies that aren't interesting, the movies that you're like, ah, that, I don't know, that just didn't capture me. It's because they don't know how to tell a good story. The Marvel movies, all these superhero movies, they have it down to a T. So they're going to capture you. They're going to get you. But then you watch Iron Man 3 or Thor, whatever, 2, and you're like, what? That one wasn't as good. What was wrong? It, didn't, <laughs> it just didn't have that good arc. It, it, they weren't dealing with the origin. Any, they weren't dealing with who they were so much. There wasn't as big of a transition. So you weren't as interested because you want to know where they came from. And then you want the conflict. Wow, now what's really going on? And how are they going to change from this? And then you want a nice, really like something that you're driving towards, something that you're like, oh, I hope that they accomplish that and become that. And the more clear that that is in a movie, the more you're engaged and you're absolutely going to give it two, three hours. Um, it's I'm a downfall. I'm thinking of even like the comedies that I've watched. Mm-hmm. Where I'm like, oh, that does have an origin. Like, like Happy Happy Gilmore is probably one of my favorite movies. And I'm oh like, my goodness! If there is an so origin. Good. There is an origin to that movie. I'm well, like- right. So you've got the hockey player. <laughs> this right. So who he was. Right. This is this is how. Just for those listening, this is the the easiest way. Three kind of three act structure to to structure your story. Talk about who you were. Talk about what happened, and then talk about who you are. And there's that. If you do that, you follow the same structures, again, most stories that you've ever seen. So Happy Gilmore, who he was, this hockey player, he's too rough, he tried to stab a guy with a skate twice. Like this is, he just doesn't know what to do. And, and so then what happens when he gets kicked out, he's trying to find himself and he bumps into, um, what is it, Stubbs, right? <laughs> like, yeah, Chubbs Chubbs. Peterson. Stubbs, that's it, Chubbs. <laughs> Stubbs with the hand, yeah. That's it. Um, <laughs> And so he bumps into him and he says, hey, you could be a golfer. And he's like, what? So there's your what happened. And then actually most of the movie, when we, whenever we watch a movie, most of the movie is in that middle section, the what happened. Um, that's like, you know, in an hour and a half movie, that's going to be an hour of it. Because that's where all the conflict, that's where all this stuff happens um, to then turn them into the resolved person that, that we want them to be at the end. In this case, he's actually got a hope, he's got a future and he's got a, a career in professional golf and, and so subway commercials <laughs> where he hits it off the tee right into his mouth that's a yeah. hole in one <laughs> oh, man. I, figured, I was gonna go with tommy boy but i figured the canadian would know the, the hockey reference oh <laughs> shit well i gotta love tommy boy too that's i think david spade's canadian so um yeah, i think you're right <laughs> And that yeah, Ben Stiller character that, in Happy Gilmore is one of the best characters I've ever seen in my life. He's so good. <laughs> your thumb hurts? So well, now good. your back's going to hurt. <laughs> Anyways. So good. So good. So, so helping people, where were we? Helping people tell their own story. Yeah. Um, what, and uh, like, this is what I got from you. You know, you've got this growing up, always into sports, fitness, got that, that led into strength and conditioning, always playing, specifically playing hockey, and then there's this injury and all of a sudden now you're like, well, who am I? If I'm not the hockey player, can I still, like, will I still find that connection somehow? How can I now find the same connection that I felt with the guys on the bench or in the ice or in the dressing room? How can I find that with people? Hmm. So now you're faced with this and you're like, well, I guess I'll find that where those guys hang out 
you know, when they're not in the game, which is probably in the gym. So I'm going to go in there and I'm going to figure out how do I connect with people now in the same way with the world that I know. And, oh, I wonder if there's some way that I can make a, a living out of this, a career out of this, because I'm not the hockey player that I maybe was driving towards to be. Um, through that, you also face, I don't know what the timing is with all this, but you're also facing depression. You're facing um, these incredible lies and, and, and suicidal thoughts and, and all these things that you're trying to figure out, how do I get past this? It sounds like for you, the way that you got past that, the, the way that you managed to shift that mindset was to continue to work on your, on the phys, like that. It wasn't just a physical aspect, but you realize I can't just w- focus on the physical. I need to focus on the mental. And as you've done that, now you've grown to be the person you are now, where it's like, I want to impact people on both of those levels. Yeah. I, I mean, we could clean, I'm sure I could talk into it, but that, that's, it's pretty accurate. As, as I, fed, period, right. like, I fed a lot into what I just got yeah. surface no, level. No, there, so. Yeah. Like as a surface <laughs> level, like it's, it's a, it feels like a pretty accurate depiction. Like, obviously I give you the full story. It would be probably exactly. come out a little bit differently, but I, I, for all intents and purposes, I understand what you're saying and it's yeah. fairly accurate at that point. Um, so then I would say, so this, this is right. Take it for what it is, whether we're talking about you or somebody else with sure. somewhere along that same lines of that story, what the, the key is, you're not just telling that story, you're, you're finding the transformation. And so you went from, you know, hockey focus, sports focus, this is everything or two, actually like the way you think changes everything. Yeah. And if I can help people focus on the way that they think, then they will actually be better athlete, a better father, a, a, a better boss. Mm. But your transformation is, you know, from this, which is really a small focus to this, which is big. And now you want to take people on that same journey to see that it's not just all about this thing that you do, but it's if you change the way that you think about it, that could change everything. So you're an expert, you're an authority. The reason that I dig into stories, because if you get clear on your story, you see that transformation, you now understand how you're an authority to bring other people through that same transformation to a specific goal. And, and that's where we find a lot of our work. Um, yeah, as entrepreneurs, as business owners, it brings a lot of purpose and clarity to what we're doing. But it's, I love the way you just put that. Uh, I had a note here of something I want to, in, in terms of topic, like developing your story and the awareness of your story. And you kind of just touched on that where you, you have to ask the right questions to get it, but people yeah. know their story. They just don't, they're not aware of telling their story. Mm-hmm. So I have a couple of thoughts on uh, thoughts in, and not necessarily maybe in, inside of your wheelhouse of developing the story, but maybe in ways you use storytelling to impact people's lives. And based off what you just said with me, I had these two things come up. Um, do you use story storytelling as a therapy? And do you use, can you, maybe the words, can you, I'm sure the answer is yes, but how would you do it? And then the mm-hmm. other side of that is mental performance you know, maybe more of like selfishly where I would want to head. And I'm going to continue with that and saying, I talked to you about, we want to try and relate this to men. This obviously this goes to anybody, but particularly men yeah. uh, relating to telling their story as either mental performance or a therapy. 
would that play into being able to hmm, how do I want to phrase this? The struggles of not being good enough, this thinking this is as good as it gets. You said career, but financial mm-hmm. career, your family, your relationships, mm-hmm. your own health. How do you apply storytelling to the individual, not necessarily going into career for it yeah. or trying to create their career for it, but to improve their health, to improve maybe their depression and how they view themselves, whether health or not depression, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. I think you know what I mean, but. It's brilliant. Yep, absolutely. I mean, this is, again, this before I was really focused on, you know, communication coaching, I was doing life coaching. And this is, this is where I started with that was, okay, if I'm going to coach somebody, I'm not just going to talk about where you're at and what you're doing. Sure, we can go into that. But I'm always going to be curious and say, where did that come from? And, and then I started work with people and who were coming to me saying like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do in my life mm-hmm. and me, specifically. I, right. <laughs> so what's the next step for me? Well, let's go into your story. So you've got a lot of men that are specifically struggling with this idea that I'm supposed to provide. I'm supposed to help. I'm supposed to be the one who has it figured out. And I feel like everybody else does. And I don't, and I'm terrified to say that I don't have it figured out because I'm supposed to. Cause my dad seemed like he always knew what he was supposed to do. All the people that I've looked up to have seen like they know what they're supposed to do because, because nobody's talked about it before around you. And so you have a choice to be the first one in your family and your kind of dynasty to be honest about where you're at and find the people and actually talk to people and say, I don't know what's going on. Can you help me? Um, that's one aspect that I think a lot of men specifically are dealing with and trying to get past. And then the other one, really going into, like you just said, yeah, me, that's me. I'm trying to figure out what to do in life. Um, this is where storytelling really enlightens the whole thing. Because I would just say, okay, well, let's go back. Let's figure out what you're made for. And the way that we do that, we go back in your story and I would focus on specifically, let's find your strength. Let's find your skill. Let's find your passion. If we can align those things, it's the same kind of prospect that, or process a lot of people will do. Um, and I just base it in storytelling and say, tell me about your childhood. You know, let's find your strength. What are the things that you had to live through? What are the difficult times that you had to live through? And if we can find some of those all through your life, you know, zero to 10 years old, 10 to 20, what are the moments, that's the moments that stand out in your mind that you had to live through and really get past? And if you can then start to nail down holy crap, I had to show a lot of resilience in my life or I really took control or I really took leadership at a young age. Now we're starting to figure out your strength. Are you with me on this? Mm -hmm. Then we get into skill and I talk about what have you learned? What are the things that you're most proud of in your life? So think of moments, go through that same process, go through your story and now you're going to think about it a bit differently because you're not looking for the difficult times. You're looking for the times when you you know, your chest puffed up a little bit, whether you were eight years old and it was the first drawing you gave to somebody, you were 16 at the speech competition or you won the championship, you felt proud. Okay, so why did you feel proud? Because you were using a skill that you learned. And so then we start to narrow on what's that skill, hard skills like hockey, fitness, like working out just, and then soft skills like leadership, determination, creativity, they all start to come out. And then we get into passion and people are like, I don't know what I'm passionate about. And it's, again, I'd say, especially guys are a lot 
kind of tougher to, to identify that, to say I'm passionate about this or that. And, um, and I was like, let's go back in your story again, childhood, teenage, you know, kind of young adult, um, all the way to now, what have you loved? What are the moments that you think back to? And it's joy that comes to mind. And you're like, I remember playing on the beach with my grandparents. I remember, oh man, I remember my first time riding a motorcycle. I remember like, and these moments are going to come to mind and then you go, okay, so what's standing out there? And there's this playfulness or there's again, this creativity or this like um, competition, these words start to come out and then you start to piece those together and you go, okay, if I can find something that included, what words did I say? Resilience, um, uh, skill, uh, fitness and leadership and joy uh, and uh, creativity. If I could like, what kind of jobs require resilience, joy, or creativity and leadership? Then we just figure that out. We come up, I don't know, what kind of jobs need those? Um, well, there's a lot of them. Let's say coach, sure. sports coach. You'd absolutely need to be resilient, come back after a loss, have leadership, be really creative about what you're doing. You could be a coach. And then you go, I guess I could be a coach. And the thing is, this is where it gets fun because you come out with a few different opportunities and you're like, yeah, I guess I could do that, but I know I'm not supposed to be a chef because I hate cooking <laughs> or like that never showed up in my life. Or you're like, maybe I could be a chef if I put the time into learning it because I need to be pretty resilient. I could lead the kitchen and I'd be creative as hell with my dishes. Like it starts to open it up, but also base it in something that is so uniquely set in your story so far. Is that resonating? Is this making sense to you? Yes. Uh, so much that I'm like, well, how could I incorporate this in my coaching? The art of storytelling. Yeah. You know, like, like, so I keep thinking about uh, a young man that I was, I was recently working with. Um, there's, at least from my knowledge, there was a moment in time where he, he, was the, he found somebody that had committed suicide. Mm-hmm. And that was like his dark moment. I, I believe that's the, as far as the story he's told me and struggle with uh, addiction and all these other things and, you know, starting to get clean and had all these, had all these trials basically. And uh, just recently he relapsed and I, I just reached out to him and, and I just said, whatever you're going through, man, like things can get better. Mm-hmm. But I want you to ask yourself, how do you want the t- story to be told? And so I'm sitting here wondering from your perspective with a lot more experience in terms of coaching storytelling per se, Mm -hmm. how do you feel about asking people to reverse engineer the story? If they are, it maybe is a therapeutic um, value where they go, okay, I'm, I'm struggling with addiction and suicide right now. Yeah. How do you want the story to be told? Well, I want to be this, 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 and this. And then we go, well, how do we want to make that happen? Yeah. What's your perspective on that? Man, I, again, I think it comes back to our human desire is to live a great story because we're story based creatures. That's it. It comes right back to the beginning. Like homo sapiens thrived because we told stories to each other. It's how humanity survives As we tell stories. We learn from stories. We, we live stories. We have a shared story. So for you to go to somebody and say like, uh, I, I mean, this is, again, come back to the movies. Luke Skywalker, he faces this call to action. 
he can be stuck. He can be the the little nerdy, whiny little brat moisture farmer or whatever he is in the first 10 minutes of Star Wars. He can continue to be that if he wants to. But then he's given this choice. He's given this, he comes across these droids and he knows that there's this call to action. I'm a Star Wars nerd. So um, <laughs> he has this call to action that he doesn't know where it's going to go. He actually, he doesn't see Darth Vader. He doesn't know any of this by then. At that point in the story, he just knows that there's something calling him to the next step. And his response is simply, it's not here. And it feels like it's pulling me out there. And I don't know what out there is, but I'm going to take the step. So I'm all for it. Like saying, you know, how do you want this story to end? Let's reverse engineer it. And that's kind of, you know, you get some good goal setting stuff in, in place then that can really help with structure, get it really out of the abstract and put people into what is the next step. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can, you know, kind of manufacture that. I would just be careful of painting too clear of a picture out there that then it becomes a disappointment if it's not reached or if it's reached in a different yeah. way. Yeah, that's and that's, that's the only thing that I would, I would kind of, yeah, be, be not afraid of, be uh, a little bit hesitant or just aware of yeah. the impact that that could have. Um, I guess but the call, what I'm getting at is the call to action. That's what you're getting at with him. It's like, okay, if you want that, now is the moment. This right. is your call to action. This yeah, is your I, hinge moment. I think from from my from my experience with it, it was. It, although a lot of times we go to like, what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. Oh, how do you get out of this right? Like, well, what do you want to be? It's more about how do you want to feel. You know, how do you want to feel inside that story? Don't worry about if you're yeah. you're a pastor, if you're a hockey player, if you're a coach. Yeah. Doesn't matter. But what is what is the emotion? What is the energy that you want to feel? And how do we get from there? But I, I absolutely hear what you're saying. Cause that, I mean, that's, I always talk about that where, you know, people are just like, well, nothing went wrong. I'm like, only until it does, you know, like there's, there's always, <laughs> yeah. these, there's consequences to everything. Um, yeah. But you know, that, that part of this conversation has got me going to, well, what are your fears? Oh man. So good. Uh, yeah. I, my, I've been doing a lot of work on this recently, really recently. So I've just been, I just, uh, launched and hosted my uh, a speakers course, a course for fear, this fearless speakers Academy. And, and I, I kind of went, okay, if I'm going to host these fearless speakers, help people crush their fears of showing up, I better dive right into mine Yeah, and, and address those. Um, so that brought, man, that was a messy, <laughs> a messy few weeks, few months of really uh, choosing to go into that. And, and one of the main ones that I've had uh, for a lot of my life has been um, this. It's specifically the fear that nobody's going to be there. Nobody's, nobody's listening. That's, that's the true. I mean, that's the lie. The, the specific phrase is nobody's listening, Alex, shut up. Um, and the fear is that nobody will be there. So I will put on the performance. I'll show up on stage. I have an, I have an image. It's a giant kind of print that my dad took. Um, I don't even know who it is, but it's this performer. Just he's clearly it's from behind him facing out to the audience. And he's you can tell he's clearly passionate about what he's doing. And there's not a person in the auditorium. Every seat is empty. Mm-hmm. And I've adapted that and taken that. That has become my my inner critic, my fear. 
that I'm going to do all this stuff and put all my love and energy and time and effort into this and rooted in something that I think is so true. And nobody's going to buy a damn thing. Nobody's going to show up. Nobody's going to respond. Nobody's, it's not going to, it's not going to make the difference that I believe it will. And, and that fear has kept me for, I believe years that had me spinning for years after I left, you know, my role as a youth pastor and kind of trying all these different things. I knew I was supposed to start something. I just didn't know what it was, but this fear that nobody's going to show up really kept me for, for a good five years from really taking that jeep, that jump mm. and starting something and saying, yep, this is what I'm doing and I'm investing in it because I believe it'll make a difference. Uh, and it, was it, was it your belief that it helped you overcome that fear? Um, I, there, it was coaching. Uh, it was, it was, some actually some work Co- coaching diving. that you had or coaching that you mm-hmm. were doing. No, no, no. That I had coaches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Come alongside and some, I mean, yeah, I, I faced, I remember his last Halloween, last October 30th. That was in the, that's the darkest day that I felt a long time feeling just hopeless. This is going nowhere. What am I even doing? I'm an idiot. All the thoughts. And, uh, then I had to take my kids out trick or treating. Like, <laughs> all right, let's go. And then I could just drown myself in sugar. Uh, <laughs> but that, but that day, I also I was part of a mastermind, and then I reached out to some of the people that I trust. I just put a post on the Facebook group in the mastermind saying, "Guys, all those things. I feel like crap. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't see a way out of this." Um, and then like eight people who are mostly coaches. Like you want, you want to turn around fast, get a community of, of people who are coaches. Yeah. And my God, those, those people stepped up, called me, spent time with me and turned it around quick to help me see it from a different perspective. And so just a moment like that, I had another one of those kind of at this spring, um, having people around identify that you're hiding, uh, you're, you're not showing up, you're letting ego take control. And it's keeping you safe. It's trying to keep you safe, but it's destroying your future. So um, how, do we, how do we overcome that? How do we push past that? We're going to be here to support you, but you know that the next step you need to take is going to be the scariest one, and it's also going to lead to the greatest growth. And so that's... There you go. It's uh, sure. Like that's, that fear is there. I still, again, I have that picture here like in my office because I know that that's, that's what I'll do. I, one, one day I'll show up and nobody will be there. Um, whatever that looks like. Uh, but I'm going to show up. I'm going to show up anyways. I love it, man. Uh, I took a quote from your page. Perfection is a distraction. Yeah. And I, that resonated with me because I, I joke, but I'm also serious that like I live my life in extremes. I'm either all in or I'm like, if it's not going to be perfect, I'm all out. There's no point in doing it. Uh, And I hear a little bit of that and maybe what you're describing right now with that fear of like, you know, there's, you have to show up, but you're scared to your hiding and it's, it's the hiding of not being good enough. Yeah. Uh, Nobody's going to listen because you're not good enough or because you're not qualified, whatever it is. And and that's resonating big time with me right now. Because there's times, you know, like when I, when I'm driving in my car and I think about what is it that I, 
I just have one idea and I latch onto it. It's a, you know, it's a positive idea for me instead of the normal beat yourself down. Like you're not good enough. This is just the way it's going to be, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's like all of a sudden the energy is like, Oh my God, all of these big glamorous things. You could do this, 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 this. And then you go, yeah, but, uh, huh. And, and so how do you get more clear on the story as far as trusting that's what you actually want instead of having the outside external influence of what you think people may want um, or trusting that even though you have that fear, how do you gain that trust and clarity that this is what I'm meant to do, at least right now? I imagine it's your story, I, but. I mean, again, I would, yeah, sure. If, if we could go there and we could go, what's the story been leading to if not this um what's the next like is it is the next chapter going to be more of the same if so okay but then be okay with it but if if you feel like you think of being an author I, I like i'm reading through harry potter with my kids right now and and so you know when she's writing those books she's got to know where the next chapter is going if i if i've turned the pages and it went through the same scenario in that chapter. I would think there's something wrong. Yeah. I would, I would, and if it was continually that, I would go, "What the? How did this sell a billion copies? Like, yeah. what is? What a terrible story." But and so we convince ourselves that today is the same as yesterday, and and it's simply not. And and the beauty is that tomorrow doesn't have to be the same as today. Mm. So if there's something that's coming to mind when you're driving. You're out, you're in the shower, you have really good thoughts, you're out for a walk. There's, it's no accident. It's because in these times, your mind is actually quieted. You're alone and you have some space to actually start to, to think. And for someone who cares so much about how people think and why they think what they think, those are spaces that maybe you need to start protecting and, and responding to and saying, if something comes to mind, in these spaces, in these times, and it feels good in the moment, then it will be good when it's done. Wow. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, but it's, it's trusting yourself over the voices that you're going to see half hour after that, yeah, that for some reason bring up the fears. But you've got to trust the, the, the muse, the moment, the spirit, whatever that is that's guiding you in that moment. That's a good thing to make. It is, it is fascinating because... I'm sure I get lost in a lot of thoughts and I'm not aware of it, but when the grandiose ideas come up and the, the big energy burst comes up, it tends to be centered around very, very similar topics. And it, it mm. is very much in what we're talking about right now. Wow. So that's, that is, um, that is really, really powerful. We're coming up on 55 minutes, man. So I, I, I mean, I feel like I could talk to you and I feel like I like talking to a best friend here. It's um, <laughs> good. I want to, there's a couple things that I close with always where people can find all this stuff, but I do want to get the last little bit here. Yeah. Treat people like people rather than an account. So this is that whole social media. We should be social on media. <laughs> uh, and you had a post about it. And I thought, I thought it was really funny. I told my wife about it actually, where I was like, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to start a podcast with Alex. You know, we talked about him. We were at Jen's house and um, he is, he's into storytelling, but he also has this idea. Like you reached out to me. I was like, he's living what he says. 
Hmm. He's being more social on social media. Like he's just dropping in going, what's up? Like you would call a friend. You would at a coffee shop. How are you? Yeah. And I was like, it's like, when, to me, the only thing I can describe it is, is like when you, um, you start talking like in the gym, we're working with a lot of young athletes. You're like, wow, what a great set of you know young men there, young women. Oh my mm-hmm. God. Just so polite, blah, blah. And I go, I've always been like, how sad is it that we have to be like, oh my God, can you believe how great they are? They're so nice <laughs> and polite. Like, what does that say about everybody else? But that's kind of like what I relate that to where I'm like, yeah, yeah. Social media. What is it supposed to be used for? Yeah. Networking. Man, it's uh, exactly. I actually started to like a big shift for me was just, I don't know where this came from. Cause I don't, like, I haven't been to been a part of a church for five years since we left that place. Like we had a little, like, little home church gathering kind of thing. Like where a few families just gather on Sundays and who knows what it is now. It's just, I'm, I'm pretty separated from that kind of lifestyle now, but I, but I pictured, I started to picture my Instagram account like I would Sunday morning where I loved showing up and having all these people who are in a, in whatever spirit they're coming in with. Um, and everyone's putting on a bit of a show to begin with. And then you, st- you stop and you say, Hey, how are you doing? And we could get real, real fast. And that real is either going to be like, yeah, no, I'm doing great. It's actually been a great week and everything. Okay, fantastic. And then you're going to talk to somebody else and they start crying and, and need a hug because it's been the hardest week. And if I could walk around that building like that and thrive off of that, um, a, I believe that that's part of my gift and that's part of my story and who I am. That sets it, it's not everybody that, that steps into that and loves that, but you just started to treat my Instagram account like that. Like if I bump into somebody, you know, you, you and I come across each other and we start to follow. It's like, okay, this isn't some robot. Who is this guy? Where's he from? How's it going? And then you could say, it's going great. And you, you'll put on a bit of a show. And then as we get into this, holy crap, you've got a story. And now exactly we're friends. So it, it's just so, it's so easy. (laughs) I think that's it. (laughs) It's so much easier again for, I I don't want to just blanket statement this because I recognize there are people have real like social anxiety and it's really difficult for them to put themselves out there. But I think that it's actually, especially for a lot of my anxious friends and introverts, um, it's so much easier to do this over uh, social media in Instagram, get into a DM, truly say what you think, put time into people. Don't just absorb from them. Don't just like take from them because they don't even, right. I'm looking at their photo. I'm looking at their video. They don't even know that I'm looking at it because I'm not going to like it. I'm not going to leave anything. So I'm just sucking like energy from them and they don't even know it. Um, and so you actually have an opportunity to kind of give something back and then it becomes a relationship. And, and I think that's when this is all at its best, right? Instagram at its worst, it's, it's part of Facebook. It, it is what it is Yeah. at its best. It's, it's helped me feel, um, probably like part of a bigger community over these past six months than I have in a long, long time in a time when I could have felt more alone and isolated than ever. And I think that says something for the power that it has. Well, dude, I am incredibly grateful for the fact that, uh, 
my path at the very moment crossed with Jen and Pat and Morgan and yeah. I were at, all at home and I heard about you. I'm glad that I just went, as some people will say, creepily liked your account or followed your account. And I'm, I'm incredibly grateful that you reached out to me, man, because this, um, you've got the wheel spinning for me and you've, you've offered an incredibly, uh, a, a, a very unique perspective on creating your path hmm. and understanding and, and getting to know self, I think. And, and that is, to me, that's the center of the story, right? Self. And that's really cool. Um, so before I ask you the last question, where can people find you? What's coming up for you? What do people need to know? Love it. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Website is alexstreet.ca. That's got everything about coaching, speaking, anything there. Uh, it's got info on my, uh, on the course that again, I'm launching soon. I don't know when this is released, but it's October 4th. This is launching. So, um, but there'll be another round after that, probably in the spring called the fearless speakers Academy. And, and yeah, that's really, again, we talked about some of our fears here today and that's what that goes through. It's just, it's a, it's a group coaching program. We go through that journey together and identify what's your fear that's holding you back from showing up how you're supposed to. And, uh, we talk about mindset and then get really active on it. So I'm pumped about that. That's, uh, that's just a really great way to help people through this whole journey. Um, and then, yeah, Instagram is my main hangout. That's, that's really where I do most of my my work, my talking with people, my, my share, my material, whatever it is to help people. So, um, and that's at street says. Awesome. I'll have it all linked uh, in the show notes and everything like that too. So, um, people, whoever comes across this will be able to find it. But, uh, last question I always ask everybody, it's a guest of mine. Uh, when it's all said and done, what will it mean for you have it to have lived a life well done? Oh, um, you know what? It's so, oh man, it's so interesting because we just were talking about this a little bit ago. I won't go too much story into this, but um, we, my wife and I were just thinking if we died like now, uh, I don't, there wouldn't be anything left that I need to say. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't, or if you, like if she died, I wouldn't feel like, ah, oh, I didn't get to tell her whatever wow. because we say it as much as possible. We say, I love you as much as possible. Our kids know how they are loved and what they feel. And I think that's to me at this point, that just says that life so far has been well done. And so I want to continue on that path. I love that, man. Well, thank you so much for your time. I, I am, am super excited to watch your journey evolve and I hope that I'm in some way a part of it for you and with you and, um, you are as well as mine. Uh, you're, you are of immense value, I feel like, to wow. this entire world. So um, I say most, most people I get to chat with, I, I feel really connected to, and it's usually great conversation. There's very few people I'm like, what the hell is that? Um, you, are, you are definitely, you, you have brought a unique perspective to my life, and I'm, and I'm super grateful for it. You've got the wheel spinning. I love it. Wow, man. It, so that is thank yeah. you for your time and uh go canada i don't know <laughs> <laughs> that's incredibly kind thank you for your amazing encouragement and kind words and uh yeah it's been a real pleasure to be here thank you, thank you. Thank you.